shining the spotlight on the future of hockey. Hey, it's Ty Smith of the Spokane Chiefs. It's Adam Bokris. Hey, it's Joe Valeno from the Drummondville Voltageurs. Hey, it's Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. Hi, I'm Dominic Buck. I'm Jacob Bernard Docker of the Oak Oaks Oilers. It's Joe O'Brien. Hi, it's Barrett Hayden of the Sioux Greyhounds. Brady Kachuk from the Boston University Terriers. Major Junior. In the 100th year of the Memorial Cup, the Ankeny Panthers T-Tall have won it for the first time. NCAA. Face off, 50-50, that's it. Minnesota Nice. Minnesota Duluth, national champions. The World Juniors. Time winding down, and Finland has won the World Junior Championship in Vancouver in spectacular style. The NHL Draft. The Buffalo Sabres are proud to select Frolunda defenseman Rasmus Dahlin. And more. Oh, yes! Oh, my goodness. We're not going home yet, baby! This is the Pipeline Show. Here we go. Welcome to the Pipeline Show. It's the CHL Playoff Special. My guest, uh, well, I'll tell you about that coming up shortly. But as always, welcome to the program. If you're a newcomer, then uh, I hope you enjoy the stay and that you'll come back for more. If you are a returning listener, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. And you know the drill. We start with the question of the day. It's brought to you by the Edmonton Oil Kings, who are getting set to take on the Medicine Hat Tigers in round one of the Western Hockey League playoffs. That starts on Saturday here in Edmonton. It's a Saturday-Sunday affair, playing back-to-back because Edmonton Oilers are in action uh, tonight. Oh, that's Thursday. And uh, Michelle Obama is in town for a speaking engagement at Rogers Place on Friday. So the building sold out. The Oilers play Saturday afternoon against the Ottawa Senators. So the Oil Kings will be in action Saturday evening. That's a 7.30 start. You can get all your tickets through oilkings.ca. $79 uh, ticket pass. Good for the entire playoffs. You can find that at oilkings.ca as well. The question of the day, I put it out on Twitter. Pretty obvious question, and that is uh, which three teams will join Halifax at the Memorial Cup this year? So you got to give me a champion from the OHL, the Q, and the WHL. And I didn't say it at the time, but uh, I should have said, and don't pick whoever finished first in uh, the regular season in those leagues, because everybody's taking Roy Naranda, pretty much. Most people are taking the Prince Albert Raiders, and uh, most people are also taking the Ottawa 67s. So those are the three teams who finished at the top of the regular season standings in those three leagues. If you're hearing this and you haven't voted on the, well, it's not a poll, but if you haven't answered the question on Twitter, at TPS underscore Guy, by the way, try giving me three teams who uh, aren't considered the number one seed going into their respective league playoffs. We'll have some fun with it that way. And if I'm going to answer that question, I'm going to go and I'm going to say the uh, Saginaw Spirit in the Ontario Hockey League. I'll pick the Everett Silvertips out of the Western Hockey League, two American teams there. And out of the queue, I'll say uh, Drummondville. How about that? Obviously, lots to get to on the show today. We'll have uh, a news and notes segment here shortly, and then I'll tell you uh, what's coming down the pipe. All right, now to help me with the news and notes portion of uh, this opening segment, we get Sam Cosentino from uh, Rogers Sportsnet. Welcome back to the Pipeline Show, Sammy. Thanks for doing this. How are you? Yeah, Key, nice to be back. Everything's well. Thanks. Look, Really looking forward to the start of the playoffs. Uh, We've got some Ontario action on the network coming up, but uh, we'll try and get out and, and obviously view as many games as I can uh, live and in person. That always seems to be the best way to go about it. Yeah, exciting time of year for sure. The start of the playoffs, everybody's on equal footing uh, and always upsets in the in the first round. We'll get to the playoff series 
in a bit. But in this opening segment, we do the news and notes. And three things I wanted to get your take on, starting with the exceptional status uh, situation for a couple of players. Shane Wright granted exceptional status uh, by Hockey Canada to play in the OHL. But Matthew Savoy uh, not given the same uh, status out here in the Western Hockey League. Start with Shane Wright. Uh, not a surprise, I don't think, by by any means. Uh, what kind of a player is he? And, and I assume that you uh, were on board with him getting this uh, recognition as well. Yeah, no question. I've seen him a co- play a couple of times. I don't think he was at our best in in our game that was broadcast on the network uh, Monday night. The OHL Cup finally got banged up early in that game. Uh, but having watched him play earlier in the week in the OHL Cup tournament, uh, having spoken to him through uh, the conference call, having spent a little time with him after the uh, OHL Cup uh, awards banquet, um, you know, you got a pretty good sense that he's an awfully mature young man. And then you look at his body type, and he's probably 185 pounds. He's he's very solidly built. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he passes the eye test physically. There's no doubt you can spend five minutes with the kid, and you realize uh, just how mature he is well beyond his years. So that kind of gives you the, uh, you know, the passing the test, if you will, of, of, of being someone who's going to be able to handle adversity when thrown at him. And, and there's going to be a lot thrown at him here in his, in his first year, no doubt. Uh, and then watching him play, you understand how he's going to walk into the Ontario Hockey League next year. And, and if he's healthy, uh, no doubt he's going to be a major contributor to the, to the Kingston Fromax. The team expected him to take, uh, expected to take number one. You would be shocked if he's not taken first overall. Oh, yeah. I think, um, you know, Kingston, after making a real big push last year, uh, I think the Frontenacs are in a situation right now where they need that type of guy. They've never really had that type of player who was, who was homegrown. I mean, Lawson Cross didn't spend enough time there. You know, Spencer Watson was traded late in his career there. Um, you know, Gabe Velarde was brought over there. So they haven't really had that that kind of star guy, um, you know, in, in a long time. So I think he's a real nice piece to be able to set this franchise back on track. Were you surprised with the outcome in regards to Matthew Savoy, who is on paper having even a, a stronger year than uh, than Shane Wright has had uh, this season? Um, I know I've, I've seen a lot of people say, why would the WHL turn him down? It's not a WHL thing. It's a Hockey Canada thing, which then opens the door to questioning why they felt that Shane Wright was uh, worthy, but not Matthew Savoy. Uh, any take on that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I know part of the process, at least in Ontario, it has to go through the Ontario Hockey Federation. The governing body in Alberta, I think it's probably the Alberta Hockey Association. I'm, I'm not exactly familiar with what happens there at, the, at the minor um, hockey levels there. Um, but here's a player, Guy, that I haven't seen play. I've seen his numbers in all the tournaments, whether it's at the World Selects or playing at the Canada Winter Games, um, you know, you get a sense that this guy's an awfully good player in terms of the sheer numbers. Um, but having not seen him play, I can't give you an answer on whether or not he passes the eye test in that regard, although the numbers would indicate that. He's another, uh, another thing for me is I've never spent any time with him. So mm-hmm. the ability to talk to him or get a sense for how mature he is, I've never had that experience. So I couldn't even comment properly on that. Um, but then if you rewind the tape a little bit, that's why they have the process that they have um, to go through Hockey Canada and the Alberta Hockey Association to make those determinations on people who are a lot smarter in those areas than I am. I always like Ian, and I think you know this going back in our history of working together, 
for me, I like to see as much as I can and experience as much as I can with my own eyes. Uh, because then that can corroborate what I've heard from other people or that can allow you to form your, your own opinions based on firsthand experience. Uh, but with Matthew, I've never had the opportunity to see that in person. And for whatever reason, um, you know, not granted the status. Now, the interesting part is, you know, he's still likely going to be drafted into the Western Hockey League. Uh, because of his commitment to Denver, that's not likely going to be as high as it should be in mm-hmm. terms of his draft. So what does that mean in the long run? I mean, we're still a long way from him actually showing up on the University of Denver's doorstep. And the one thing that we are certain of is if he does end up playing in the Western Hockey League, he's not going to be able to play the full complement uh, next year. So, you know, those are the things that, that we know. But I wish I could comment further on the type of player and type of person the same way I could, Shane, right? I just don't have that firsthand experience. Fair enough, uh, Sam. We appreciate that. Uh, last uh, news and notes item to get to is your 2019 draft rankings that came out about a week ago at sportsnet.ca. The big attention grabber at the top is Kapokako uh, overtaking Jack Hughes by the slimmest of margins. But uh, to see him, number one, maybe uh, an eyebrow raiser for some people. I've actually kind of been leaning towards that, uh, at least the consideration for a while now. Just for me, it's uh, simply Jack Hughes has been really banged up this year, and I'm wondering if that plays into it at all for you. If he's getting hurt at this level, how is he going to survive at the next level? Meanwhile, Kapokako has just been having a fantastic season, and no questions uh, or concerns about his size uh, playing against men already and having success. What was the difference for you? Yeah, well, I think a little bit of that. I mean, I, I always think back to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, just how slim he was and how slight a frame he was when he started his National Hockey League career. I think about Elias Patterson, And, yes, he's having a, a brilliant, brilliant rookie season, but how many times has he been dragged off the ice or missed time yeah. uh, because of the physical play? So, And he's a bit older than what Jack is, is going to be, uh, you know, if he starts in the National Hockey League next year. So I do have some concerns about that. There's no doubt. But the one thing that I really wanted to draw attention to is the fact that, you know, a lot of people in North America uh, don't get the opportunity either to watch a player live, to watch video, or to experience some of the things that Capocaco has been able to do. And when you look at him breaking goal records and, you know, surpassing point records of, you know, Miko Rantan, Yasperi, Kod Kanyemi, Patrick Laine, Alexander Barkov, you're talking about some pretty heavy competition. Barkov and Rantan are obviously... The, the better com- uh, comparables there because they've played longer in the National Hockey League. But each of those guys in their draft year, Kako has done something that bettered what those players did in their draft eligible year playing in that same league against men. So I think there needs to be strong consideration about that. Hmm. Then there's the size thing. You know, here's a guy who, who's playing against men this year who should be able to withstand some of the rigors of what the NHL is going to have uh, to offer him next year. So that was the two main things for me is, hey, Jack Hughes is just a, a brilliant player. Yes, he's a little slight of frame. There's no doubt he's going to be an impact player in the National Hockey League. But I don't want people to forget about Capo Caco just because he's playing over in Finland. You know, the other thing I that kind of harken back to is the John Tavares-Victor Hedman year. Right. Yes, they played different positions, but no one really gave Hedman a chance to take that number one spot for the most part because people hadn't really watched him play. It's a lot easier to be able to do that now. But if we go back and rewind the tape, John Tavares is a star in the National Hockey League. 
But Victor Hedman is an underrated star yeah. in the National Hockey League. So you can't argue with, with what happened there. And I don't necessarily think people would have argued had they looked at Victor Hedman going first. To find that anchor defenseman at his size who plays as much as he plays and contributes what he does, um, you know, with the intangibles and whatever else, we always get drawn by the sexy numbers, which John Tavares has put up, and he's done an amazing job. I, I get to see it here firsthand in Toronto uh, quite often. But Victor Hedman's a really good National Hockey League defenseman, you know, probably top five in, 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 in his position in the league right now. And I, the one thing you mentioned about Bowen Byram in the uh, video uh, that accompanies the uh, prospect ranking at sportsnet.ca, you mentioned Bowen Byram, potentially a top five guy. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see that, not because I think he uh, necessarily uh, is a better player than some of the guys you have ranked ahead of him. I just think because he's clearly the best defenseman this year, there's going to be a team in the top five who wants a defenseman, and maybe even somebody outside the top five who needs a defenseman that trades up into that top five to get him. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the positional bias is always going to play. But the one thing I'd caution against is if I look at some of the guys that he's potentially in competition with, whether it be Alex Turcott or Dylan Cousins or Kirby Doc, potentially Trevor Zegers, all of those guys are centermen. Now, Zegers has played the wing some, uh, but I don't think there would be any issues projecting him as a center moving forward. So when you're talking about positional bias when it comes to defensemen and center, there is a slight gap there. Now, if those players that we are comparing him against were wingers, you'd have more of a wide uh, positional variance gap. So that's the thing that makes me think that that five range is probably, you know, pr- pretty pretty accurate or pretty good projection in that regard. Um, but listen, if someone is really excited about taking the defenseman in that spot because that's the need they need to fill, uh, my guess is that Bowen Byron won't play in the National Hockey League next year. And if he does, he won't play the, you know, the full complement. He might get, you know, his under ten games or whatever the case might be. Just don't know if he's quite ready for that yet. And that's. Mm. Not problematic at all, but if the team is looking to draft a defenseman who's going to play next year, I just don't know if that player exists in this year's draft. Great stuff. That's Sam Cosentino helping me out with the uh, news and notes portion of this opening segment. Now we get into what's coming down the pipe, being the guest list for today's show. Only one guest today. That is Sam Cosentino. And when we come back, we will kick it off with the uh, preview of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League playoffs here on the Pipeline Show. Down there by Zaboral. Puck comes free. Ward's clearing play to the line. It skips out to center. Valeno trying to break shorthanded. Joe Valeno, penalty coming. Valeno deking, scores! Joe Valeno, shorthanded goal! Hey, it's Joe Valeno from the Drummondville Voltageurs, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. 